Hey everyone, welcome back to the District 3 podcast. My name is Irvin. Maribel couldn't join us this week, so I'll be doing this podcast by myself. But joining us today is a friend of the podcast who's actually, it's her second time on the podcast. Um, she's currently the Democratic candidate for Lieutenant Governor of Arkansas. She's an author, a social worker now, right? That's right. Uh, Kelly Kraut, thank you for joining us, Kelly. Absolutely. How have you been? Because I know you're all over the place. So. We are all over the place. I'm tired, <sighs> but it is, it's really fun. It's really fun to get mm-hmm. to travel the state and get to meet people all over the place. And I'll say I'm exhausted, but it's also, it's energizing. I really mm-hmm. am a true extrovert at heart. So getting to be around so many people that are excited for change really does pump me up. Are you a coffee drinker? Absolutely. Okay. So that's what gets you yes. through the day. Yep. I am fully caffeinated. I feel like nowadays we have to, we have, we have to find something that gets us <laughs> through the days. Like I've been shifting, uh, before it was energy drinks and those are bad for your heart. So <laughs> I try to shift to, to soda and then that's also bad for you. So a diet soda, and that's kind of where I'm at now. I don't want to transition into, like, teas, and I'm not oh, a coffee person either. Oh, that's too either. far. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, just, I don't know. Do you like tea? <laughs> I'll drink it when I'm, like, sick. <laughs> yeah, you see, I, I drink no. tea whenever I have anxiety. Oh, Like, okay. I'll do lavender or chamomile. Okay. And those help with whenever I do have anxiety. But just as a drink to wake me up, like, or even just for pleasure, I can't do tea. Yeah, no, coffee. Coffee is my go-to. What kind of coffee do you drink? I am not a coffee snob. I, I'm really a cream and sugar fan and oh. caffeine. So I just, listen, just whatever kind of coffee. I just need it in the morning. <laughs> I feel you. And, I, and going back to what you said about, like, energized of the people, I feel that that helps too, right? The mm-hmm. the, the energy that people give you Absolutely. when you're meeting these folks all around the state. Yeah, yeah. The excitement's contagious, for sure. And you told me that you just came back from... We were in West Memphis last night, which is a bit of a trek. That's a 10-hour oh, round man. trip. I did not know it was that far away. did in one day, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which was goodness. probably overdoing it a little bit. But I took a I took one of my sons with me, so he drove half and I drove half, and we had a good time. I've been seeing on your socials that your your son's, like, more with you all over the place. Yeah. Maybe more than last time, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're a little older this time, and it's not yeah. as as covid it's still mm-hmm. some covid so they they help canvas and my, my one of my older boys rex actually works for the campaign so he he, okay. he is a paid canvasser nice nice mm-hmm. so you've been all over this day like i was saying is there still a, a place you haven't gone to uh, i know you probably there's a lot of places you haven't gone to but is there a place you haven't gone to yet that you specifically want to still hit before the end of the campaign uh you know I'm trying to think where we haven't been. We have not made it to Hot Springs, mm-hmm. which is wild. But every time we had a plan to get there, everybody got COVID, and so gotcha. it ended up getting canceled. I'm not sure we're going to be able to pull that off before we get there. We've been we've been close mm-hmm. by, but I feel like I've hit most of the regions, and mm-hmm. you know we're we're traveling all the time. And what's some of the of the feedback that you've gotten um, while traveling the state in regards to what people think about? you as a candidate or just about your campaign in general? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been really neat. People really appreciate when you come to them, especially places where candidates have not typically gone or, you know, like West Memphis last night, like that people recognize that was a long way for you to come. Like, mm-hmm. thank you for making it out here. But it's important that you're wanting to represent the entire state. So you've got to meet everybody. But I've had a lot of fun because of the social media piece is mm-hmm. that people have found me in these different capacities and then I can show up in their in their community and then they can come out and we can get to hang out and visit a little bit. And and people seem excited about that. And so that's been really neat. And TikTok is your biggest social, right? Yeah. I, th- I was telling you that you're about to hit 100K. How does so that feel? So close. That's pretty exciting because, you know, I started that just as sort of a 
random hobby a couple of years ago. I just yeah. I just enjoy the platform. I think it's fun. And then it really took off during that state rep campaign. And so I have absolutely used the heck out of it during my lieutenant governor race. And mm. we've been able to reach just a ton of people. It's a unique platform that not a lot of people use in this particular way. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of fresh and a neat way to meet people where they were. And I feel like probably people feel like they know you. Yes. Right? <laughs> people, I meet people all the time and they come up like we're friends, which I'm excited about because, you know, yeah. I'm just kind of a people person. And so I just kind of go with it. And they're like, wait, I'm sorry. I feel like I know you, mm-hmm. but it's because I watch all your videos. I'm Karen. It's nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it is kind of a funny thing because I'm pretty, I'm pretty transparent on there and mm-hmm. share a lot of the experience. So you do get to feel like you know people. And I do the same thing with people mm-hmm. that I follow up. Do you, um, and during during this time that you've been running for office, uh, whether it be in this race or the race the race prior, um, has has like social media been used as a negative to paint you in like in a negative light? It was because I can see people so. probably trying to do that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think people tease me about it a little bit, but I think people have also seen like, oh, this has actually been kind of successful mm-hmm. and useful for her. In my state rep campaign, I definitely got teased more about it. Um, you know, my opponent put out some goofy videos, uh, taking taken little clips out of context from some videos where mm. I was joking or something, but that hasn't been done as much this time. Yeah. I think people appreciate that you know, social media is a good way to communicate right mm-hmm. now. It's a tool and you'd kind of be silly not to use it at all. Yeah, I think... I mean, I've personally, whenever I've been to like events where you're at and stuff, like I've seen literally people come up to you and be like, hey, like I follow you on TikTok. Right. And what people might uh, either call you like a TikTok candidate or all these things you've probably heard. I mean, it's working. It's it's absolutely working. And it's you know? meeting people who weren't otherwise involved in politics. And that's yeah. why I really, really love it, because it's it's tapping into a new group of people. And what we need in Arkansas is to change the electorate. It's not mm-hmm. that we don't have the voters here. It's that they're not engaged. And yeah. a lot of the reasons they haven't been engaged is because they found politics to be divisive or they didn't have anybody relatable. They didn't have a candidate that they liked. Mm-hmm. Nobody was presenting information in a way that they could understand or that they cared about. And so I've been able to do this in kind of a unique way that's brought in a bunch of fresh people a bunch of fresh voters and i mean you got to give credit where credit is due i mean there's more candidates showing up on tiktok Absolutely. now you know from arkansas so uh-huh. it's like you motive you inspired them to do it That's like it's, cool. it's 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 neat it's obvious that you did uh and and they're taking advantage of it too which everybody should yeah I, i'm uh, a supporter of that there's like so, there's like several social medias that come out and yeah there's some sometimes it's a little bit like too overwhelming right to keep up with everything mm-hmm. but there's such a big community in tiktok um, there's a big community and other social medias too. And if you're not taking advantage of that free advertising, mm-hmm. you're not doing your right. best because TikTok literally, I'm not, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, Kelly, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but TikTok literally puts your video in front of other people for free. You don't right. have to pay for advertising yeah. to do that. I joke that it's like the most effective door knocking ever because you mm. didn't even have to let me in. You're just like... <laughs> Let me talk to you. And I think there's a big misconception that it's all young people. Like, yeah, it does trend young people. Mm -hmm. But I bumped into a lady the other day in Target who was like, oh, my gosh, you're Kelly. I follow you on TikTok. I've watched Mm -hmm. all your videos. I just love you. She was 60 at least. Mm. And she had her husband come over and take a picture of us like she didn't even do a selfie. Like, Mm. (laughs) it was like, (laughs) it's not always, you know, you're 18, 19 year old. They're all ages on TikTok. Um, Talking more about TikTok, um, you know how effective it is. Uh, for the for folks that are listening, you know, maybe it's too late for this campaign season. Maybe it's not. We still got about a, a little bit under a month. Uh, why do you find uh, TikTok 
to be effective? And I know you touched on it a little bit already, but I just kind of want to talk about it more in detail. Uh, as a candidate, why is TikTok uh, a good tool to use and why do you recommend it for other candidates that are that are listening in? Well, it is more than any other platform, the biggest potential to, to go viral. Like your ability to get in front of a lot of people is simpler to me on TikTok. If you do enough of it, some kind of video is gonna take off at no. some point. But because it's short form video, you are able to be pretty authentic. You know, people feel like they get to know you, like we've talked about when you see a video and you're talking, you know, to the camera. And I try to keep mine under under a minute. I mean, mm -hmm. I have some longer videos that get kind of more complicated, but you know, anybody can handle a minute of information about politics. Most people don't want more than that. And so if you can make it digestible and accessible and educational in that kind of form, you're just going to get you're going to get people involved because mm -hmm. I think most people want to be involved, they just find it to be overwhelming. So it's a cool platform to be able to and not water it down, but just make it more easily accessible. How how does your family feel about your TikToks? <laughs> they they get a kick out of it. Um, you know, every now and then, like when this thing went viral on Twitter the other day, there were a couple mm -hmm. of like low-key celebrities kind of retweeting mm -hmm. it. They were like, what? Are you telling me Ferb from Phineas and Ferb retweeted that? <laughs> like it was, you yeah. know, they get kind of excited when there's something random like that that happens. That's so cool. Um, I I follow you on TikTok and I see all the, all the good stuff that you do. And sometimes you even act out some stuff. Sometimes mm -hmm. you're like, there's like two Kellys yeah, on the video, yeah. right? Like mm -hmm. you're, either um, not impersonating, but you're acting like you're someone and then you're someone else, but you're trying to make a point with like two right. different opinions. And I think that's also very effective. Yeah. Well, and I think that the conversational style is another thing that's brought people in because people want to know, how do I talk to my friends who don't agree with me? Or how do I handle my parents when they're not going to like how I'm voting? And mm -hmm. so I kind of try to present these ideal conversations of like, this is how I wish it would go when I was talking to somebody who's a little bit more conservative than me. And let's talk about your race right now. You're running for lieutenant governor. You're the Democratic candidate here in Arkansas. Um, can you talk about the decision that you made in, in running for this specific office, why it was important to you, and, uh, and yeah, just why it was important to you to run for this specific race? Absolutely. So, you know, I ran for state rep in 2020, and the district I was running in got smaller and it got more conservative. And I wanted to run again because I enjoyed connecting with voters. I thought I had something to bring to the table, but I wanted to run for whatever I could do to make the biggest impact for the party in Arkansas and mm -hmm. what made the most sense for me personally. So I'd built this platform with that state rep campaign and I had supporters from all over the state and lieutenant governor's kind of a quirky position you know they preside over the senate and would vote to break a tie and then become the governor if they were res resign or die but I joke a lot that it has kind of first lady vibes where they can kind of pick a cause and run with it mm. and being a megaphone being an advocate is something that I'm yeah. good at and I already had this platform built and so I thought this is where I can make the biggest impact statewide. So what do you think would be your um, like if you did find a cause Mm -hmm. or, or something to kind of make make it your thing, what do you think it would be for you? Well, I talk a lot on my platform about foster care. Uh, my p husband and I were foster parents off and on for about 10 years here in Northwest Arkansas. We fostered about 20 kids that came through our home and most got to go back home. We adopted a few boys out of the foster care system. And I think there's a lot to be done on the awareness aspect of foster care. At any given time, we've got around 5,000 kids in foster care in Arkansas and only around 1,200, 1,500 homes. I mean, the numbers mm. fluctuate a bit, but we, it's a foster care crisis. At any given point, like it's an actual thing that we have in Arkansas where we could make progress. And so I'm all about raising awareness for it because for my husband and I, that's what got us into it. We just found out it was a need and we were like, oh, that's something that we can help with. Mm. That's so cool. I, I, um, one other thing that's, that's cool that you just said is that if, let's say, for example, 
um, someone was governor, whoever it is. Hopefully it's Chris, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's say it's not. Let's say it wasn't Chris. And then and then Sarah was to resign. Right. Then you, then you could take over. That's something that not a lot of people don't think about. It's wild. But, you know, we've seen the lieutenant governor become the governor more than once here in Arkansas. We need to have a person of integrity who's ready mm. to step up in leadership. Wow. That's that's really crazy. It's I, wild. And I use the word crazy because it, it just I can't think of another word when when it comes to that. Um, Chris has been campaigning hard. You've been campaigning with him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, why hasn't it been important for you to team up with him um, during your race? Yeah. Oh, Chris is fantastic. I mean, he is just as wonderful as he seems on the Internet. Yeah. And, you know, I enjoy getting to do stuff with him. We overlap every now and then out on the campaign trail because there's just a lot of energy there. I think people enjoy getting to see that kind of teamwork aspect and we can kind of play off of each other. I mean, he's become a good friend. We have a good time. And it's just neat to be able to encourage Arkansas. And we bring in kind of different demographics, which I think is neat. I think the overlap is going to make a big impact in November. Isn't it wild how... Um, you know, Chris is so prepared. Oh man! And like, you know, he talked about like having like five degrees. Yeah. And he's just ready for this position as well. Um, and uh, the fact that that we need people to show up to vote, mm-hmm. and if they don't, you know, what could happen if they don't? Right. You know, we can have someone that doesn't have the qualifications or the leadership. In my opinion, right? The right. leadership abilities, just based on on her past actions, um, be in that role and. Whoever's in those two roles, you know, lieutenant governor and governor can have either a positive impact or a very negative impact in our state. Right, right. And, you know, I think if Chris and I are able to serve together, we, we could have a really big impact. We've seen in the past, you know, the governor and the lieutenant governor not necessarily work together very much. And I think there's a lot of potential there for good. And I want people paying attention to to where your candidates are. I mean, Chris is everywhere. I'm everywhere. We're overlapping every now and then, but we are both going all over this state. You're not going to bump into our opponents on the campaign trail. That's not a thing. They're not feeling like they have to try to work to earn your vote right now. And Chris and I are out there doing that. In these conversations that you have with people, I know that, look, every candidate doesn't know everything, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have to take a step back and be like, okay, let me do some research right. on this subject. Has there been anything that has been brought up to you where you're like, man, I need to do some more research on this? Absolutely. And I'm trying to kind of demystify that. Like, that's one of the things that kept me out of politics for a long time because I felt like I couldn't possibly know everything. Yeah. Nobody can our legislators don't know everything like everybody's got room to grow room to learn i've been talking a lot on my social media platforms lately about the issues on the ballot and they're not simple to understand you really got to get in there and dig and find that fine print and uh issue four in particular i've been kind of dissecting lately because there's a lot to it. I mean, mm-hmm. at a glance, it's a yes for me. When you get kind of into it, it's like, oh, I don't know if this is the one I want to pass, but I do want something passed. And, you know, kind of wrestling through that and just making that a transparent process. Like, I'm trying to figure this st- stuff out right with you guys. It's so overwhelming, specifically, you know, when there's like an issue on the ballot, yeah. just in general for people. And even it's even more complicated when you have to translate it. Ra- oh, man. You know, whenever we're like translating at the polls or even simply talking to our family. And- yeah. And you have to break it down. And, and sometimes when you break it down, they'll say, are you sure that's all it says? Because it's like a bunch of text, but you're trying to like uh, consolidate it to right. make it more more bearable yeah. for people to understand. Talk about complicated. Yeah, it shouldn't be like that. But like, <laughs> I, And I guess it goes back to like the whole like they, I feel like I feel like sometimes people make it complicated on purpose. Yeah, that does feel by design. I mean, you have to, I mean, the issues are always a great example. Like issue three is, oh, religious freedom. That's basically the title. Well, a lot of voters are going to get in there and be like, oh, 
yeah, for sure, I want religious freedom, not realizing they already have that. <laughs> and some of the wording in this this amendment is is a little shady. Yeah. And um, so on October 18th, you have a debate coming up. Yes. Um, you've already been, I'm not sure if it was a debate or if it was a forum that you were at a few months ago. Um, well, back in the spring, there was a debate for the primary. And, but you were included because it was like a big yeah. table and it was yeah. like, Demo- it was yeah. kind of weird, right? It was bonkers. It was like there were so many people. <laughs> it was like all the Republicans. It's like you have three seconds to answer. <laughs> you were like, the, you've only been the only Democrat that's right. been in this race, right. right? So it's like one Democrat, one Libertarian, mm-hmm. and then like what, four? I think there were like seven Republicans oh. at the beginning, yeah. And I was cracking up at that. that uh, can you repeat what you said uh, to Leslie about... <laughs> About Joe? <laughs> Listen, well, I mean, she, I would say, obviously said it right in front of her face. She loves yeah. to brag that her favorite thing to do is sue President Joe Biden. Mm. She wakes up in the morning and tries <laughs> to think of what she can sue him for. And so she got to introduce herself right before me. And I said, wow, man, thank you, Miss Rutledge, for taking a break from suing President Biden <laughs> to be here with us today. <laughs> what was her reaction? She she laughed. I mean, she yeah. she knows. She, she knows said it's her, true. She I teed mean, me <laughs> right up for it. I yeah. mean, come on. And it is her favorite thing to do. So she'll tell you that. I mean, it is. I mean, for I mean, not only that, but I mean, she's always trying to get DACA canceled as well uh, which let's talk about that because um look my my wife's on daca and she's been very vocal about it for the past few years and um it's already stressful enough being undocumented Mm -hmm. and having to live in that fear and the unknown of what your future is going to look like right you know you can't plan to get a a 30 year old a 30 year loan for a house or Mm -hmm. a uh, eight-year loan for a car because you don't even know if you're going to be in this country yeah. because DACA can get canceled and deportations can can arise. And it's really stressful for folks that either have DACA or live with people that have DACA and knowing that there's folks like Leslie Rutledge who are proactively going out there trying to get together with other attorney generals and uh, try to end legislation. Yeah. Like, not legislation, try to end this executive order that is DACA. Um what do you what do you think about th- her actions when it comes to to DACA? Like, do you what would what would things look like differently? And I know that these are these are two different roles, right? Like, right now she's an attorney right. general, and she's gonna be she's running for lieutenant governor. But in this leadership position that you're gonna have in Arkansas, what does the world look like for for you and for DACA recipients in Arkansas in regards to? Um, I know that you're not gonna be proactively looking to end Make executive people's lives harder. Yes, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a good point to bring up that, you know, she would be in a different role, but we can learn a lot about her leadership style by watching how she has served as attorney general. And what I'm seeing is a sincere effort to make life harder for a lot of people. And, and it makes me sincerely sad. It really it breaks my heart to see our leadership working so hard to pick on people whose lives have already been harder than their lives. Have what do been. you think that is? Oh, I think there's some deep seated issues, honestly, mm. <laughs> but I, I, I can't imagine putting so much energy into so much hate. It is so much easier to, to, say. to love. I mean, like I really yeah. that may it sounds kind of simple, but I mean. It takes a you know your heart rate gets kind of up you get kind of sweaty like it just gets you riled up to think about the energy it takes to to hate people and to make people work harder for for what you've maybe not had to work so hard for 
we can look at how she's kind of picked on the trans community mm. while having almost zero knowledge of, of what the community is actually going through. And you could probably argue the same for mm. doctor recipients. And it's just frustrating. So we need to make it easier for people to do well here in Arkansas. So everything I'm talking about is proactive policy that helps families and children do well, not find pockets of minorities that we can make it harder for them. Mm. That is just a wild technique to me, and it makes me sad. So I, I do not want to see what that leadership looks like in the lieutenant governor role. I find it wild that um, that folks, you know, like Leslie or Tom Cotton, that instead of, of doing good things that will help our state, they focus on uh, like the easy route of being vocal against something that's not even affecting them, right. where it's not causing a negative impact in our country. On the, on the positive, it's actually like, if you want to look at it in a money aspect, is actually contributing to the economy. There's statistics showing all the right. millions of dollars, uh, billions of dollars that uh, DACA recipients. I don't like to look as to look uh, at DACA recipients as like uh, like financial, like put them in any kind of like financial scapegoat sure. kind of thing. But um, there isn't a negative, and it's in it. I feel like those decisions and those actions like come from hate and come from uh, not being educated on the issue. Um, which, I mean, that seems to be a reoccurring thing for Leslie. Yes, and I do think, I, I appreciate this, that fear is a powerful motivator. No. And a lot of the techniques we see are manipula manipulation techniques to try to make you fearful of other Arkansans. Like, oh, these, this group of people are going to take our jobs, or these groups of people are, are dangerous, or this group of people is going to indoctrinate your children or whatever. And anytime we can stoke fear about other humans, it, it does kind of activate the voter base. And so yeah. if they think they can get votes out of behaving this way, that, that's how they're going to do it. I am not out here as a mom, as a politician, as a human trying to make you afraid of our other fellow humans. That's just not yeah. that that's not the heart of Arkansas to me. That's not how the people I'm meeting out on the campaign trail act or think or believe. And it's not how our leadership should be behaving. It's disappointing and we can do better. What were your thoughts? Because I know that when you were campaigning already, there was a few months ago, there was times where Leslie was at the border and she was, uh, you know, advocates saying that the border wasn't secure uh, and all these other uh, xenophobic things. Yeah. Uh, you as a candidate that's here, talking to people and and like campaigning and actually you know staying in the state right uh what what how does that make you feel it's to see your opponent like not, not even be in the state and worrying well, about things yeah. that don't even exist and it felt like taking advantage of the position as attorney general to use that as what felt like a campaign uh photo op uh, you know i just kept saying the borders of arkansas are oklahoma missouri Tennessee, mm. Mississippi, Louisiana, and Texas. So, mm. you know, come visit. It's yeah. it's a beautiful place. Let's talk about issues that we have here in Arkansas. Like I I, uh, I get stressed out thinking about uh, people that might be in specific leadership positions that are only in there or can only get in there if people don't vote. Right. And I know that's something that probably stresses you out too, just the idea of, you know, are people going to show up to oh, vote? Man. And Absolutely. what can we do? Right. to make sure people show up to vote because we've gone past now we're not at the register people to vote uh, that's gone yeah, yeah we're done with <laughs> that all that that was, that was done a few days ago so now it's like show up to vote what are some things that 
your campaign is focusing on now in regards to that and GOTV? Well, I mean, we're knocking on doors every day. We are making phone calls every day. And, you know, we utilize social media to the best of our ability and just making sure that people know how important it is and that your voice really does matter. I try to talk a lot about this narrative of like, oh, your vote doesn't matter. And that is another manipulative technique to convince you not to go to the polls. Mm -hmm. So we need people's voices. We see all the time state rep races, city council races determined by less than 30 votes. Like, you know, 30 people, you're going to talk to 30 people probably today. And that can make an impact. And then if you can flip one of those seats with that amount of votes, and then that person is the deciding vote on a law that impacts the entire state of Arkansas. Tell me again how your vote doesn't matter. Like that's it's not true. It is a trick to keep you from going to the polls. Do you also subscribe to the uh, thought of this is not a red state, this is a non-voting state? Absolutely. Absolutely I do. You know, we had upwards of a million people in the last election who were eligible voters who did not vote. And in a state of around three million people, that could make a massive impact. You can flip anything if that kind of turnout were to show up. And, you know, people talk all the time about, oh, it's a red state. Well, we had like, what, 54% voter participation that year. Mm -hmm. Well, sure, we won Republican leadership, but the majority of 54% is only something like, you know, it's in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So we were, you know, elected this group of representation by a minority group of voters. Mm-hmm. So um, let's talk a little bit about your opponents. You have two opponents, someone mm-hmm. from the Republican Party, Leslie Rutledge, and someone from the Libertarian Party, Frank Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie was recently on a national show, The Problem with John Stewart, and uh, he exposed her for not knowing enough yeah. about certain things, taking actions on on uh, uh, several issues that affect, you know, the trans community and uh, a big a part of our community that's oppressed and continues to be oppressed by people in leadership positions here in Arkansas, coming from, like, the governor's office to the attorney general's office, even from the state house a lot mm-hmm. of the times. Um, what were your thoughts on that when you watched it? Because I, I was Ooh. cringing, laughing, uh, nervous laughing, kind of worried, Concerned. It was uncomfortable, right? I mean, even as her opponent, it was it was really difficult to watch. He he came with receipts. He knew he knew what he was talking about. And I appreciate the example of just learning about the topic before you speak about it, before you try to make laws about it, before you get involved in lawsuits about it. Again, I try to use my platform a lot for education and and meeting people where they are and, and not starting with any kind of judgment because I do firmly believe that no one is ever going to change their mind about something because you made them feel stupid about it. And so, like, hey, if you don't know about gender-affirming health care, I'm not mad at you. You had no reason probably to know about gender-affirming health care. No. But don't go making laws about it until <laughs> you've figured it out, mm-hmm. okay? And I find that a lot of people, once they know what it actually is, don't have a massive problem with it. No doctor. No doctor in Arkansas is out here performing gender-conforming surgeries on minors. That is not a thing. It has not happened. It is not happening. So gender-affirming healthcare talks talks about like social transitions in the beginning, how you dress, how you cut your hair, what name and pronouns you use. Obviously completely reversible. By the time we're getting to puberty, they might be talking about puberty blockers. That is not even something we need to reverse. It just pauses puberty. Mm-hmm. So that it buys more time to make these kind of big decisions. There's a huge team involved in gender affirming healthcare: psychologists, uh, endocrinology, gynecology, social workers, pastoral care. If you want it, like people need to understand, this is a huge process. No decision is being yeah. made flippantly. And and Leslie is out here kind of spreading a false narrative that like 
doctors are just doing these wild things with small children that, mm. you know, decided on a whim one day. And it's not at all how it works. These parents are working really hard to help do the right thing by their kids. And what's unfortunate is that a lot of the times people believe them, what, mm-hmm. what they say. Well, Leslie says for a lot of folks, it's gospel. And then right. and they're going to, even if they don't see any data or any kind of uh, physical evidence, they're mm-hmm. just going to go off of what she says just like the same the same way people do with Trump, right? Mm-hmm. That they just believe something. He says something, and they automatically believe it. And it and it's sad because it just creates more of that fear mongering, yeah. and it like targets you know the tr- the trans community. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, why would she decide to even go on that on that show? Because <laughs> I just just by knowing it's John Stewart, yeah, you know that like if you don't come prepared then you're opening yourself unless it was one of those things where she was just like the expo like any kind of publicity is good publicity yeah. on her and maybe national tv maybe that's what I she don't thought know. i don't know if she thought that because it, it ended up being what i thought it was going to be yeah i mean i did watch a press conference the other day where where somebody asked her about it and and she was a good sport she was like well you know i did learn that john stewart's taller on television just like mm-hmm. myself <laughs> you know kind of made a joke about it which I, which i appreciate it uh, yeah. but yeah i'm not i'm not sure what the decision making process looked like there uh, i think anyone going on john stewart needs to know that he knows the answers to the questions that he's asking <laughs> and he in the interview was here in little rock yeah right? yeah um have you like I, I hate that like his show is more of a like a season show it's not like mm-hmm. a everyday like he used to have yeah where maybe he could have like called you up the next day wouldn't that have been cool you know and then <laughs> have you on there to like kind of give a rebuttal of all the stuff that she that she says if if you had the opportunity for that if you had let's say for example if you would have been called up the next day or if your campaign manager would have reached out, what are some things you would have said in regards to like, you know, uh, re- like pretty much responding to to her words? Right. Well, you know, I would love to share kind of like we already did a little bit of the education piece. Like, here's what gender affirming healthcare looks like. Here's what some of these parents are walking through. What that timeline looks like. None of these decisions are made quickly. They're really difficult to get. Healthcare in general is difficult to get mm-hmm. when you need specialized healthcare. My husband has, you know, uh, type one diabetes and and rheumatoid arthritis, and finding him the care and medication that he needed was a journey of years and years. It's not simple. So when you're talking about something so unique and specialized, let's let's show some respect and trust our professionals. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be a big thing that I would want to focus on. And I just want the trans community in Arkansas to know that you have allies out there, that there are people who are willing to learn and willing to listen and and get out of their comfort zone and and be willing to advocate for you in a a public space. And and it makes me sad that we have so many in leadership in Arkansas who are so close-minded to an experience that is something that is not their own. It's okay if you don't know about it, but you can't go making laws in that capacity, you have to be willing to learn and listen. I think that was the overall lesson of, yeah. that, of this episode of that show, right? It was kind of like, don't do anything that's going to hurt people mm-hmm. or don't create any action. Don't use your power uh, without knowing how it's actually going to affect people. Right. You know, and that, I think that's one thing that we have to think about a lot just because, you know, sometimes we have like how, how many like trans folks has she sat down with and had a conversations with it's hard to imagine very many at least with realizing that that's what she was doing and what's wild to me is you know arkansas we have a lot of issues we are ranking at the bottom in healthcare and education and infrastructure in what well, we're at the top of teen pregnancy we mm. have all kinds of actual issues that we could be putting our energy into and being proactive and fixing and this is this small 
vulnerable population who has experienced so much discrimination and misunderstanding and uh, everyone has a lack of education on mm. this and we're going to pick on them like mm. what a weird use of time yeah. why why would we do that with the power that we've got so we've, we've got to get some new leadership in here yeah we're also probably you think number four or five in incarceration also yes. around oh the country oh my gosh so many things we could talk about i think we've incarcerated more folks in several countries in oh arkansas my word. yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah and uh, i just think that I, I just one of the things another thing that stresses me out. There's a lot of things that stress me out, I Kelly. Get it. <laughs> but, one of, but one of the things that stresses me out is is if there's if we have this specific leadership right now that's Republican led and we're behind in so many things, like it's common sense to change that and pick other types of leaders. Right. Like if if like you know we're we're currently I, I can't even think of something that we're very good at. In regards to, like Arkansas's be- way better than, than uh, California at this. Right. Like we have, I can't think of anything in regards to like something that leadership mm-hmm. has created or that we've championed. Um, and the fact that I can't think of anything makes me sad. Yeah. And no, I hope a good that point. people. <laughs> and I hope that people that are listening right now, you know, get motivated. Right. To show up to vote, to show up to vote early because you never know that last day uh, it could be raining, right. it could be snowing. Well, gosh, my husband and I got COVID uh, yeah. in the spring around the primary voting, so I was real glad we did early voting because the next day we were both sick as dogs. And so, vote as soon as you can because you don't know what the rest of your week is going to look like. Get it done. And this year, I've been bad at, at knowing my voting dates. Are you very familiar with? I'm them? telling you, October twenty fourth. Is when that early voting starts. So you can go to voterview.org and figure out all your polling locations that will be available to you. And election day is November? November 8th, Tuesday. So, folks, I mean, you have a lot of time. Like, uh, if you haven't registered to vote now, it's too late for this election (laughs) cycle. And it breaks my heart because we've been out there canvassing, knocking on doors for the past two years. Uh, you've been doing the work. But if you are registered to vote and you can check on voterview, um, make sure you show up. Vote early. October 24th is the first day that you can vote. As you heard Kelly say, um, it's important to show up and to vote for people like Kelly, vote for people like Chris Jones, vote for folks who um, you've listened here on our podcast. We've had both of them on um, talk about, you know, the good things that they want to do for our state and how they can positively impact. Because if, if we don't show up to vote, then, I mean, who knows what the future of our state looks like? Who knows how more hateful the leadership will be? Who knows um, how, like, the laws that will be created that will directly affect the people that we love. Um, So I think it's important. Just as a reminder, I like to remind people because sometimes the obvious, you have to remind people even of of the obvious. That's right. That's right. And, Kelly, you've had a lot of of good support. I've been seeing it on social media. The Arkansas Times put out an article, Mm -hmm. I think, like five days ago, um, even kind of, you know, touching base and, and saying, hey, I think it was Max... Max Brantley. Max yeah. Brantley, who, who wrote it saying that he was already a supporter of yours, but then seeing the problem. I'm glad I finally John won Stewart. some of these guys over, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> he was kind of like, well, now it's reassured yeah. that, that I support her because she's obviously more educated on it, more empathetic on, on issues affecting trans community and, and communities, um, oppressed communities in general. Um, how do you feel about this race kind of closing in now? We have about less well we don't have less than a month now because voting starts what in 10 days oh my gosh i guess it does 
whew. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm talking to people, though, all over the state that are really that are really excited, that are motivated, that want to see change. I mean, we understand it's Arkansas. We understand it's an uphill battle here, but you're not going to win anything if you don't run, okay? Yeah. And we can't do anything at all if we don't get our voices to the polls to vote. Mm-hmm. So... I'm just encouraging people like we don't have to have this defeatist attitude of like, oh, it's red. and We're not going to be able to do anything like you can do something about that. You know, other people that you can get them involved. And so if you're not registered to vote, you can still knock on doors. So so reach out to a campaign and volunteer and see how you can help, because this really it's too important to let it go. And where can people reach you uh, if they want to get involved with helping uh, in your campaign in these last few days? Absolutely. Uh, KellyForArkansas.com. You can fill out a volunteer form and we will reach out to you. I'm very easy to find on the Internet. Just Kelly for Arkansas on every social media platform. You can reach out there as well. And a last message for folks listening. If people are still not decided on who they're going to vote for, if there's folks that are not even sure if they're going to show up to vote yet, why do you, why do you tell uh, – what can you tell these folks and, and to let them know Um, why they should show up to vote for you or why they should show up to vote in general. Right. Well, I appreciate that it can be really overwhelming when you pull up your sample ballot and you've got city council to justice of the peace, to state rep, to lieutenant governor, to secretaries. Like it's a lot to process. I understand that. Uh, But you can do this. Um, I really live by the understanding that, you know, I'm a grown up. Like if I want to learn something, I can get out there and learn. I didn't become some kind of expert in trans healthcare mm-hmm. um, because of a personal experience in my life. I was just like, hey, this is something I need to know about as a candidate and Google is free. So you can actually just learn about what you need to know about. And mm-hmm. so pull your sample ballot up. Don't be overwhelmed. You can do this. You're smart enough to do this. You have the tools at your fingertips to be able to figure out about these candidates and reach out. There are people doing all kinds of voter education all over the place. So so use your voice and use it to the best of your ability. These local races matter all the way up to the top of the ticket. And if you have questions about some of the issues you've been highlighting them on TikTok, Listen, they can we've go been breaking them out. down one by one. I've got videos on all the platforms talking about it. We're having some great discussions on the internet right now about them. Sounds good. Well, Kelly, thank you for making the time to be here. Absolutely. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to um, showing up to vote for you uh, in the thank next you. few days. I'll show up on October 24th. I want to show up first day. Uh, excited to vote for you, excited to vote for Chris and for a lot of good candidates that are that have put their name in the hat to represent Arkansas. Good people, empathetic people. You know, we only bring empathetic people here to the podcast, so <laughs> people that care about people. So thank you once again, Kelly, and good luck. Thank you.